You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's beautiful to see your faces, to see church nearly full again. Good morning to those who are watching uh, online. It's very special. Um, like Matt said, we are continuing a series that we're doing called The Church That Jesus Is Building. I'm very excited about this series. Uh, Jesus, and there's multi-facets to, to the church that Jesus is building. It looks like many different things. And so we'll pull out different aspects and different things that the Holy Spirit highlights as we go on with the series. But today I get to actually share a message that's been a really fun one that's been stirring in my heart for a little while, actually. And it's, um, it's called, if you had a title, which I do have a title if you were writing it down, it's called God's dream team, a church for all generations. The church that Jesus is building is a church for all generations. And today what I'm going to bring is actually a, a, a bit of a prophetic word that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart. And so I hope you begin to get excited, you get stirred, you become passionate about this that we belong to, the church, the church, God's dream team. It exists for his glory. When Matt preached about four weeks ago, he said that the key thing that stood out to me, and there were some brilliant things that he, he laid a foundation really brilliantly, but what he said was the church that Jesus is building exists for Jesus' glory. See, it's all for his glory. That is why we gather. That is why we do what we do. That is why we go into all the world. It's for his glory. It's about his name. It's not about the name of a particular church. It's not about Melbourne Lights. It's not about NCMI. It's not about your favorite preacher. It's not about my name being lifted up. It's all about Jesus. In fact, today, I hope that as I speak, you begin to be stirred for the mission that Jesus has called us to, that you would actually begin to see Jesus, that I would do disappear, you would see Jesus and you would be so excited for the mission that he's invited you into and it takes all of us to do it and that's what we're going to unpack today. Are you ready? You ready? Good, 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 good. Okay, I need to read this bit because I like it. Have you ever had something where the Holy Spirit gives you a download and then you think, I'm not going to remember it but I really like it? That's, that's what this is, that's what this is. So Jesus is building a church of sons and daughters who have laid down their egos and their logos, their agendas and even their lives for the sake of the kingdom. It's his kingdom come, his will be done. That's the church he's looking for and building. A church that is radical and fearless, a church that is real and authentic, a church that's vulnerable, a church that's raw, a church that has a raw I just put that one in right now. <laughs> it just came to me because I've had the picture of Jesus as the lion this morning. And I don't know if you've seen Narnia, but I, I just all morning felt like Lucy who stands before a big army. And she's just little Lucy uh, in, this, in this story. And then the army kind of mocks her, the enemy mocks her, and then Aslan the lion steps in. And I feel like sometimes that's what we are. That's what I am, little Lucy, the light bearer, who stands on behalf of the one that we love, facing down the things in this world, you know, the, the powers, principalities, the darkness that's all around. And then Jesus steps in, and he comes with a roar. As a church, we get to carry the roar of heaven, the roar of heaven. Okay, the church that he's building, let me keep going. A church that knows its identity and its authority. A church that stands on the infallible standard of the word of God. 
a church that exists only to bring him glory, a church that releases on earth as it is in heaven, a church where the lost, hurting and broken are found, saved and restored. How beautiful. A church where the lonely find family, a church where everyone has their place at the table, a church that equips and releases warriors, dread champions that make demons tremble, that actually run to the battle, not from it. A church that looks and sounds like Jesus. This is the church that Jesus is building. This is the church that we get to be a part of. Can you actually give Jesus a big hand right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, wow. What a privilege. You know, we can become so used to church, especially those of us who have done church for a long time, and we think it's just church. It's just church. Uh, I've got to go to church. I hope this morning that you are so stirred for church, that you are so stirred because this is God's plan A. This is the dream team that Jesus is dreaming of and building. This is it. This is it. This is his dream team. Take one moment. Just look at the person on your left and on your right. This is his dream team. I know, right? Even I think, what were you thinking, God? What? This is it? What was he thinking? But in all seriousness, this is it. This is actually it. He's building a church, right, that looks like Jesus, sounds like Jesus, and acts like Jesus. Again, a church that exists to bring him glory. I hope you walk out of here going, we exist to bring him glory. How can I do that? How do we do that together? Let's have a look at our scripture. John 17, 20 to 22. Oh, they're great. They've got it up there. John chapter 17, 20 to 22. Now, just imagine with me in this scripture. This is not that long before Jesus knows he's going to the cross. And let's imagine that we're actually listening in. See, John and maybe some of the other disciples are there with Jesus, but they're listening into a prayer that he's praying to his father. Like he's actually talking to his father and they had the privilege of hearing what was on his heart and then later writing that down. And so we get to imagine today that we're listening in to this heart cry that Jesus had before his father. This is what he says. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, that the world will believe you sent me. Verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. He's given us the glory. He's given them. First, it was the disciples, right? He gave them the glory, he gave them the glory so they could do this. You know, you might be listening to me and thinking, this, isn't, uh, this is impossible. We don't look like the church that you spoke about earlier. Those, those declarations that I made, that's not the church. That's not the church I know. But that is the church that God is seeing and calling us up into. This morning, I hope these preachers actually are calling up and into destiny, identity, purpose, and that's why I want you to grab this and get so excited of the privilege and honor we have of being part of the church. See, the church Jesus is building looks like unity. It looks like connected oneness, but that can only happen supernaturally. We can't do that 
can we? We can't become one just by gathering here together. There's something where Holy Spirit comes and he begins to knit our hearts together. As we go on mission together, as we love Jesus together, Holy Spirit begins to do it. Why? Because he's answering the prayer that Jesus just prayed. Because this mattered to Jesus. He said, Father, that they be one like we are one. And if he said, Father, that they be one like we are one, that means it's not off limits. It's not impossible. It's invitational. It means this is what he's making us into, a united church carrying his glory, revealing Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. Let me tell you that individuality doesn't work in the church. Now, this might um, be a little bit offensive to some of you. to be like, what? What? You see, me, myself, and I, I am not the church. You are not the church, but we are the church. Together, we're the church. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Do we come before Jesus and accept him and give our lives to him on our own? Yes, we do. And we must. We must. So you can't say, oh, but my dad knew Jesus or my mum knew Jesus, my grandparents knew Jesus. I mean, you must give an account for your life before him as an individual. It's your response and your responsibility. And not just at salvation, but ongoingly. Secret place. That's an individual thing. Like, that's... that's private. That's me and, and the Father, me and Jesus, me and Holy Spirit. Matthew 6, 6 says, go to your room, shut your door, and your Father's there waiting. Speak to your Father there. Talk, spend time with Him. Yeah, that's, that's an individual response and responsibility ongoingly. Relationship matters. Standing before Jesus, like I said, at the end of time when we die, whenever that is, we will stand before a throne. We will stand before a throne. And we will have to give an individual account for our lives. And God will say, what did you do with my son? Where is your name in this book of life? And the only ones that will be in that book of life are those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And he's the doorway to the Father. Yes, all roads may lead to God. Not all roads will lead you into eternity with Jesus. There is a judgment and we will give an individual account. And I pray that if you're at that place in that valley of decision that even Paul spoke about, we prayed about this morning and you don't know Jesus yet or you're messing around, Jesus sees. Get right with God this morning. Get right with God. It's an individual response. But let's get back to church. Now I said, you know, it's not about individuality. No, because, you see, it's all of us together. God has always wanted to have a people for himself. Look at the Old Testament. It was Israel. He, he's, you know, he, he wanted a people for himself, but it wasn't an individual. He used individuals. He'll, he'll use you, but he wants a people, a people sold out, completely laid down, completely surrendered, completely preferring one another, completely united, one like Father, Son, he wants a people, a people who were once no people. That's our story. I was a person who was a nobody, and now I'm somebody. And now I'm with a people who also walked in darkness and really were no people, but now we're God's people. Yeah? Amen. Amen. It's actually good news. It's exciting news. Exciting news. 
Dream team. So team matters. This is what I'm getting at. God's dream team. Jesus is building a church and it's team. It's all of us together. And if you've played sport or you have kids that play sport, you know how sport works and team sport in particular I'm talking about. Team matters. There's some netball guys and, and they're just, they're doing really well, <laughs> really well. Go, go team. No, but every person in that team actually has a position that matters. And, you know, if the team loses, then the team loses. And, you know, you might, like Geordie was saying, he played on the weekend and his team lost, sadly. But, ah, oh, Jordan... But Jordan's like, I played, I, played, I played really well. Like, I was playing actually a really good game. But the thing is, you can be playing a really good game, but if the team doesn't play a really good game, they lose, you lose. <laughs> Sorry. He, they <laughs> team matters. Team actually matters. Our togetherness matter. And why? Because we're not thinking of ourselves. We're not the superstar. We have one superstar. His name is Jesus, right? Jesus. Only Jesus. And so if we're thinking king in the kingdom, we're going to be thinking, if you do well, Bethany, that means we all do well. So I want you to do well. I will do whatever it takes to make sure you do well. And, and you know, vice versa. If we're thinking kingdom, then we're not thinking me, myself, and I, my name, my, my, I'm offended, I'm, I don't like it. Uh, we're not thinking of the pettiness of the things that sometimes we think of. We're thinking kingdom. We're thinking mission on mission together. We're thinking, what are we going to do together to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? I actually want to just pray. I want to just quickly pray and break off. Um, I felt God say there's, there, there's an independent spirit that has crept into the church. And, it's, and there's also three, a couple of things, actually four things. Independent spirit, lone ranger, Christianity. It's not God's way. It's not God's way. Independent spirit, lone ranger, Christianity, comparison and competition. They're not things that belong in the church they're not things that belong in the church. And, and if that's something that's crept into your life, then you do business with God right now. I'm actually gonna pray. Jesus, we wanna be the church that you are building. Oh, Jesus, would you come right now and remove the things that are stopping us from looking like that prayer you prayed, that, that get in the way of, of, of our, our oneness, our togetherness, our impact and our authority. Jesus, would you put to death individuality, where it comes at the expense of together. Lord, Lone, Chris, Lone Ranger Christianities, I pray you call them back in, into, into the body, into community. Lord, we don't want to be Lone Rangers. It's not about what I carry and my name and my gift. Lord, we don't want that. We lay it down. We choose to lay those things down at your feet for the sake of all of us. And Lord, where there's been comparison and competition, that comes from an orphan spirit. And so right now, would you come with your love? Would you come with your love? And would you establish sonship in this place? That every person would feel valued as a beautiful, precious son and daughter who stand in full authority, who stand to reflect your name, to reveal your glory. Oh, that they would find their place, Jesus. Affirm them, affirm them, affirm them, affirm them. And for some of you who are in that place, I feel the Lord saying, I see you, I see you. I have not forgotten you and I see you. I have not 
forgotten you. You matter to me. Your voice matters. I see you. So step up into sonship this morning. Amen. Amen. The church that Jesus is building is a church with and for all generations. Now, I talked about the dream, God's dream team, a church for all generations, right? All generations matter. It takes all of us. It takes everybody. And the word generations, at the beginning of this year, I was watching a couple of shows. Uh, no, not shows, actually. They were ads for shows. Um, Survivor. I don't know who. Is anyone watch Survivor here? No one wants to admit it. I mean, I think, I think most people are over Survivor. I saw the ads come on, and then also it was The Voice. There were a couple of shows, and it was amazing because they were actually about generations this time. The Voice had, you know, families and mums and dads or, um, and, and kids, sorry, and then dads with their daughters, and same with Survivor. And I just, just watching the ads, Holy Spirit went whack, like, I'm, and he said, I'm on, I'm on the generations. Generations are on my heart. And you know, we know this because God is the God of generations. He's the God of I, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, isn't he? He always speaks about generations. Just go and do a study in the Bible and you'll see from beginning to end that he talks about the generations. The generations matter. And, and the Holy Spirit said, I'm on this word generations. The world often picks up on themes that the Holy Spirit is actually on and releasing, and he uses people who don't even know it to broadcast his message. The thing is, as Christians, as believers, will we hear? Will we have ears to hear and eyes to see? You could be watching something that's got nothing to do with Jesus, and yet Holy Spirit begins to speak. Or you're listening to a song, and Holy Spirit begins to speak and reveal something. Listen for those moments. See, he's so on generations. They really, really matter. Let me just quickly give you a couple of definitions of a generation. So there's two sort of different ways to think of generations. There you go. So number one is the entire, it's gone, so I'll read it from down here. I don't know it off by heart. Oh, yay. The entire body of individuals born and living about the same time. So we look around this room, we're alive at the same time, we are a generation. But number two is what we often think of a little bit more is a group of individuals most of whom are the same approximate age, having similar ideas, problems, attitudes, etc. So this is where you'd get your terms like Gen X. Are there, who knows what they are? Does anyone know if they're a Gen X? Gen Xs? Yep, wave, wave to me if you know you're a Gen X. Yep. What about Gen Y? Oh yeah, we got some Gen Ys who know what they are. Yes, yes, Gen Ys. Gen Z or Z if you're Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then apparently it's Gen Alpha. I might be wrong. Um, alpha that come next. In one room, we have lots of different demographics, lots of different generations, but within a generation. Okay? We also see names that people have declared over generations, like titles that they've given generations, like the post-war generation. And then their marker sort of things that are over that generation. Or the lost generation or a stolen generation. You would have been familiar with some of that. Let me tell you this morning that Jesus wants to define every generation. Jesus never goes out of fashion. It doesn't change from generation to generation. Actually, he stays the same from generation to generation to generation. He's defining generations and he wants to define the generations through us, through his church. Jesus is building his church and it is a church for all generations. If you are alive right now, 
which you are, I can see. Um, you're looking at me, you're, not, you're alive. Uh, then you are called the chosen generation. You are chosen for such a time as this. You are the generation that Jesus has called to step up, to step in, to bring answers, to bring breakthrough, to release heaven on earth. You are the chosen generation. We are a generation who are radically called to impact a generation. And not only that, because this is how God works, the generations. And you think ripple effects, stone drops in the pool, one generation's one ripple. Next generation, another ripple. And it goes on and on and on. That is the impact we can have. You know, there, I think there was a movie that said what, what um, how does it go now? Oh, I, I'll remember it later. I'll remember it later. Let me have a look what we need. I felt God say, step up. Step up. Stand up. Wake up. Stop. Some of us have made excuses for too long. Some of us, for good reasons, or some of us just because, have made excuses and we've thought, I'm too old. Now, Matt Han actually spoke about this last week too. If you were here, you might remember him saying, stop making excuses. And I, I was just so excited because um, he was saying, he was preaching this preach. It's on the heart of God. Don't make excuses. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too poor. I'm too rich. I'm too educated. I've got no education. Um, you could make any excuse under the sun, but this morning God is saying, step up. He needs you. Step up. We need you. The church needs you because why? It's all of us together. Your voice matters. Your gift matters. What you bring matters. You are needed to be the church that Jesus is building. It takes all of us. It takes all of us. I feel like Jesus has just got his arms and he's saying, come in. He's gathering in. He's building. You know, there's so many names we give the church, an army, a bride. Uh, but, you know, he's building an army. And, and I'm so inspired by the Ukrainians at the moment, the, the war there. The people, it, it, you know, from, from the youngest, like, male, you know, adult to the oldest. I mean, there was an 80-year-old going into battle. He said, I have to do this. It's for my kids and my grandchildren. I mean, he's thinking generations, but they're so willing to step up, to work together for the sake of their nation, their country. How much more? How much more could we? How much more is the Holy Spirit saying, get up. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Step up and run to the battle. Run together to the battle. We are a church. If we're built on the foundation that Matt talked about, that church that is the church, you know, built on the revelation of this is Jesus, the son of the living God. Christ, the son of the living God. If we're that church, then that's, that, that, that church has been given all authority, all authority. And so why would we not run to the battle? Why would we not run together to the battle for the sake of the king and the kingdom? Chris Vallotton says this, every generation is marked with a mission from heaven to carry a unique expression of Jesus in their day. Each generation marked with mission. We're marked with a mission. We are a generation marked with a mission. And yes, there's the mission, the great commission. Matthew 28, Matt Han last week beautifully said, didn't he? He said, it's not the great suggestion. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Matt unpacked that word authority. 
And he said, in the Greek, it means all resources and all power, all authority, all resources, all power has been given to me. Go therefore, go therefore. And at the end of it, he says, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. What a promise. He will be with us no matter what. Go therefore. The church that Jesus is building is a church that has all authority, all resources, all power. Dunamis, Holy Spirit, power. Together with that, we go. We go therefore. See, we're not going to change the subject about going. We're not going to get off that because Jesus left us with that mission. That's our mission. The way we walk out that mission, the way we express that mission, that may look a little bit different. And that's where we need to actually look at the uniqueness of Holy Spirit. What does it look like? How do you want us to do this together? Let's hear him. So God loves the generations and he's a multi-generational God. Oh, I need my volunteers for this one. Yay. Okay, we're going to look at a scripture in Exodus 17. Paulie, can you come up, Paul, please? And Dave, Paulie, I know, sorry. It's an office. In the office, we call him Paulie. (laughs) It sounds disrespectful. It's endearing. It's loving. It's a loving. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Um, And David, could you come up? Also, Ethan, are you here? Ethan? Ethan and, oh, I just, maybe, Olaf, can you help me as well? So I didn't ask you, pre-warn you, but you don't have to say anything or do anything. Oh, yeah, and can you grab me the, just those thingy-me-jiggies? Thanks. Okay, so while they're here, have a look at these beautiful people. Exodus 17, let me set the stage. Now, this is uh, Moses, in the time of Moses and Joshua, and a, a, a massive battle breaks out. Uh, The Amalekites, the enemies come and they start to attack the Israelites. And so Moses, oh Moses, you're going to be Moses. Moses, can I have the staff? Okay, here's your staff. Moses has a plan and a strategy from God. No, he has a plan. And so Moses, we're going to read it in scripture in a minute. I'm just giving you a bit of a brief um, overview. Moses is going to give his plan to Joshua, Ethan's going to be Joshua. Oh, yay, that's amazing. Yes, it's prophetic. It's prophetic. Actually, it is. Don't, don't get me started on that. Hey, I might um, have a word for you. Yeah, I will get very sidetracked. Okay, so what I'm going to get you guys to do is you're going to be um, Aaron and her, and there's Moses, and this is Joshua. Okay, so we're going to read the... Can you give Joshua his sword? <laughs> Hold it carefully. Hold it. Yeah, so it's got a bit of support. It may. (laughs) Okay. So this is what's happened. You're gonna you're gonna kind of act this out a little bit, but I want you to see a visual picture. There is a reason behind this. Okay. So let's read Exodus 17, 8 to 10. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua. So Moses, you look at Joshua. Choose some men, he said, to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded. Joshua, can you just step on down the step and just fight down there? Thank you. (laughs) Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Okay, let's put these. Pop these here. So you guys come alongside him. All right, so, okay. Hold it still a minute as you're fighting. So we, <laughs> this is because... <laughs> oh, what have I done? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron and her climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Here they are. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for Moses to sit on. That's the stone there. No, sit. Found a stone for you to sit. They're letting you rest. They're letting you rest. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yay. (laughs) Thank you. Woo! Give him a clap. Give him a clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stay here a minute. I mean, you can stand if you prefer standing. That's fine. Um, Can you come next to Olive, Joshua? Oh, sorry, her. Okay, I wanted you to see this. I don't know if you can see past. I know it's a bit of fun, but at, at the core of it, this is a picture of the church. This is the church in action. You see, Moses, older generation, Moses had a strategy. He was a leader, yes, but he had a strategy, a specific strategy from God. And so he went to Joshua, the younger generation. You see, Moses couldn't go to the battle and fight the battle on his own. He couldn't do this. He needed Joshua and Joshua's men to fight this battle. But Joshua was not victorious. Like he couldn't have victory unless Moses was praying and holding up the staff, yeah? They needed one another. They need each other. Moses could have said, I've done my bit. I'm old now. I've given my strategy. Let Joshua do it. But no, he recognized that the victory of Israel, see, it wasn't about his name. It wasn't about Joshua's name. It wasn't about, you know, anything else. It was about the victory of Israel, God's people. And he recognized that the victory depended on his part to play. He needed to go to that mountain and pray. And every time he did, Joshua and the army of of God, the Israelites, advanced. Every time he stopped because he got tired, they began to get defeated. Then this picture, Aaron and her, I mean, how beautiful. They got to be like we get to be for one another. They stood alongside Moses and they recognized, you know, they could have said, when's it our turn to get some glory? When do we get to do something? Can I get in the action? Like why? What? But they didn't. See, their heart was for Israel. Their heart was for, what I'm getting at is our heart should be the king in the kingdom. I'll do whatever it takes. I see my leader. I see my friend who's actually weary and tired and it's affecting the victory of the whole. What am I gonna do? I'm not gonna badmouth him. I'm not gonna turn my back on him. I'm gonna come alongside him, stand with him, hold his arms up until we see victory come to our nation. This is the church in action. This is the church in action. You might be at any one of these stages. We go in and out of all these stages. You know, sometimes we're the one in the battle. Sometimes we're the one with the strategy who are called to pray.
Like that victory depends on us. And sometimes we're called to stand alongside and support and hold someone up. Why? Because it matters. See, this is team. This is God's dream team. This is the church in action. Can you give these guys a clap? Thank you, guys. Amazing. There's an African proverb that's pretty cool. I like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And there's another version of it. It says, alone a youth runs fast with an elder slow, but together they go far. We want to go far. We're talking about generational impact, generations. We want to go far for the sake of the king and the kingdom. We need to do this together, linking arms. All the generations are in this together. Your worth and your value is important and needed in the church so what do you see when you look at the church? Do you see failure? Do you see disappointment? Have you been hurt by church? Are you frustrated because you see that they're not where you think they should be? Do you see all the things they're doing wrong? Do you look at that, the stats that say church is on the decline or it's irrelevant? Do you feel that the church maybe is just an option or extra? It's not that important. What do you see? What do you see? God is shifting this morning. I really pray that he's doing a heart shift, that we see that there's such value, that this matters, this matters. And of course, I don't mean just this, I mean the church. We matter, but the church, it matters, it matters. This is, like I said, his plan A. Let me tell you a quick story because I think we've run out of time. Um, many years back when I first got saved, uh, God did an amazing thing, you know, just so many amazing things, actually, and set me free from, from so many different things. But there was a part of my life that needed healing that I didn't realize until I started journeying with Jesus a little bit more. And what that was was, you know, growing up, I was made to often shut up, like, be quiet. I, was, I felt really invalidated with, with my opinions, my thoughts, my ideas. Um, it was usually met with eye roll, be quiet don't have time, don't want to hear. And so when you get that, you stop telling people. You don't dare to share anymore. You start to be shut down in who you are. You don't even, you might have dreams, but you do think, I could never do that. And you just don't want to say anything about it because it's scary. It's scary. Rejection is scary. Being shut down is not nice. And when I became a, a new Christian, God was so gracious to me. The church, the little church that I was part of, the CRC church, it was beautiful. Um, some, he brought some older women into my life. Some older, they were a lot older than me actually at the time because I was like 19, 20 and they were like in their 50s. And they, you know, some even older. And yeah, I know, at the time, I mean, obviously that, that's old. To me, they were like my mum's type of age and that's where a lot of the pain and damage had happened and and. I've got a similar story to Chloe where God has brought restoration in our relationship and my mum and I have a beautiful, and that's a whole other testimony. So, so hear that through that lens. He has restored this over time. Um, but at the time, I was crushed and wounded and the very people that intimidated, intimidated me were people that were my mum's age or, or older. And, and God brought women that age alongside me who, who championed me who supported me, who just wanted to be friends with me, who listened to me, who loved on me. And they'll never know the impact they had because the more they did that, 
the more healed I became, the more I felt validated and I began to step up and into the destiny that God had for me. And it's only now looking back actually that I'm like, I owe them so much, but actually, thank you, Jesus. I mean, they will never know. They were just being lovely and kind and being what God had called them to be, to stand alongside me. And they did something in me that actually brought such healing, such healing. We need each other. We need one another. Who is there that you can love on? Who is there that you can stand beside and release and and launch into their destiny, their God-given purpose and destiny just by being you, fully you, full of him? Fully you, full of him. Malachi 4, chapter 4, 5 to 6 says this. And you know there's such power in the generations linking arms. Such power, such power. And I think God, like I said, is restoring. He's doing something that is restoring the generations to one another. Malachi 4, 5 to 6 says, God says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. There you go. Okay, thank you, guys. That's beautiful. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. This is a prophetic declaration and a call to restoration. We usually pray it when we've got lost family members and and we still believe that. But I believe that he's actually speaking prophetically about the generations. There's a heart shift that's happening so that each generation is turned one to one another one to to another, looking at one another and seeing, how can I make place for you? We can't do this without you. Come and be part of the whole. This is the church that Jesus is building. God is wanting to bring restoration to generations. Jesus' prayer, and I'm going to end with this thought before we pray. Jesus' prayer in John 17 that we began with is a multi-generational prayer. Did you notice that when you read it? Yeah, in John 17, in his prayer, he says this in verse 20, I'm asking on behalf of all those who will believe in me through their message. All those who will believe in me through their message. Whose message? The disciples, remember? They were there. He was asking the Father for all those who will believe, who are to come. We are those. We are those people. We believe because of their message. Their message, the ripple, the ripple the ripple, the generation to generation to generation to generation, and the ripples continue. What is the ripple effect of this church? What will be the ripple effect when we get to heaven and we see the impact that we had for the king and the kingdom as Melbourne Lights Church? What will be the ripple effect that the king that we have for the sake of the kingdom as the church, as we link arms with the church? Jesus' words are present continuous because we said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means they were relevant then, but they're ongoingly relevant and alive right now. You matter, you are needed. God has solutions and strategies that he wants to release to his people. Every impossibility, I believe, he has answers for, he has strategies for, and he wants the church to, to be the vehicle that actually reveal the answers to the world. What are they? What are they? Take responsibility for the mission you have been entrusted with. For this generation, you take responsibility for the generation that you're in and the impact it's gonna have on the generations. The kingdom of God needs you and the people around you need you. 
The world needs us to be the church that Jesus is building, and it takes every single one of us. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to end with a, a, just a, I felt some things prophetically. So just, um, and I promise it won't take long, but I really need to declare these things out so that we can almost be commissioned and sent out and charged once again with the heartbeat of God for the church, for the church. What an honor. What a beautiful honor to be part of church. So anyone who's 50 or over, can you please stand up? Sorry. Stand up. I'm not that quite there yet, so I could, that's why I made it 50. <laughs> yes, 50 plus. <laughs> Stand up. There's no shame in being 50. I mean, there's, it's amazing. It's actually such a blessing. And God, like I say, doesn't look at age and think, you, you're past it. There's no use by date. I want to say that right now, even prophetically. I feel some of you have felt my use-by-date might be there. There's no use-by-date other than there's, there's a graduation date where you go be with Jesus. I'm talking about your use-by-date in, in terms of church and ministry. There's no use-by-date. Please don't feel that you are dis, discarded or unneeded or unnecessary. I want to actually, if we can all pray, like you guys just join with me and we won't get it, maybe even just reach out or, or pray for those just around you. Have a look at these ones. I actually want to honor you. I want to honor you. I want to honor you for the, the, the people that you are and the gift that you bring to this church and the church. You matter. You matter. I want to declare some things over you. So just receive this. Fathers and mothers, and whether you're a natural or spiritual father or mother, I'm talking to, to both of those. You guys, fathers and mothers, dream God dreams. Don't stop. Dream dreams that the next generation can walk into. I believe right now that the Lord is actually going to begin to stir dreams in your heart. He's going to give you strategies like he did for Moses. And he wants to release them into the hands of those he trusts. He trusts you. Let me say it. He trusts you. Right now he's saying, I trust you. I trust you and I haven't finished yet. I have not finished with you yet. Plan and prepare for the dream. Set up the next generation to see that dream happen. For some of you, you're going to walk still into dreams that you've dropped. You're going to walk into dreams that you haven't seen happen yet. But for others, um, it's also going to be a setting up the next generation with the dream to see that dream happen. Think his kingdom, not yours. Bless and commission sons and daughters. Release the next generation to build. Don't stop dreaming. Their, their victory, the victory of those coming and the church coming depends on you. It depends on you. Some of you have forgotten your God dreams. I said that. Holy Spirit doesn't want you to forget them. Pick them up again. Pick them up again. I see him just breathing life, breathing life on those dead things he wants to revive some of your dreams. Some of them, let them go. Some of them, I actually feel him say right now, let those dreams go. Let them go. I'm giving you a new dream. I'm not saying don't dream. I'm giving you a new dream for this season. Begin to dream, men and women of God. Mums and dads, warriors of the kingdom, begin to dream. The Lord says dream again. You are not redundant. You are not put to pasture, out to, you know, you are not second rate. Who you are and what you carry is needed. The Lord doesn't look at your age. Don't disqualify yourself. He has called you by name and he qualifies you. Begin to dream.
So, Father, I just pray that you release great honor, that you stir up these amazing men and women of God, these mighty ones. We honor them. We love them. We thank you for them, that they have their place in this church and in the church. I pray, Lord, you begin to stir them up with great courage, with great fire, with fresh anointing, with strategy, with mission. And, Lord, that we would champion them as they continue to be all that you've called them to be. It's for the king and the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give them a hand? Bless them. Let me just say quickly to, to you guys who did stand up, who, who is your Elisha? You know, think of the, the people who work together. Moses, Joshua. Who's your Joshua? Who's your Elisha? And this could be for any age, really. Who are you raising up? Who are you releasing? Who are you actually championing, mentoring, discipling is the word we're using to see them go even further in the call that God has for them? Not necessarily further than you. It's not a, a comparison. It's how far can they go in terms of everything God's put in them to be because it matters for this. Last one. Okay, young, anyone younger? Younger? 50, uh, under 50, please stand up. Please stand Please stand. You don't miss out. You don't miss out. Okay. And everyone, oh, whoa, look at us. Huh? I could say us. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it, it, um, so the mums, dads, the, the over 50s, please be praying. Reach out. Stretch out your hand. Um, pray with me. I'm just going to declare some stuff over you guys too. So just get ready to receive it. Younger guys and girls. Dream God dreams as well. Dream God dreams. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you stir up a, a, just a passion and you stir up something in these guys where there's a fire in their bones that they begin to dream the dreams that are on your heart, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you've positioned them in family. You've positioned them in the army. You've positioned them in church. And young people, younger people, I want you to know that you need older people in your lives. You need the anointings and mantles. Let me say this really clearly. There are anointings and mantles that are only available to you if you connect yourself to someone who carries that anointing and mantle who has gone before you. Think of Elijah, Elisha, Joshua, and Moses. Get yourself next to one of those. Walk with somebody who carries a mantle and an anointing and actually see what God does with that. Learn from them. Serve them. Serve them. We don't like that word, serve. Serve somebody. Elisha knew he had to be with Elijah when he was taken up in order to actually get the double anointing. Like he had to be there watching. Your anointing is connected directly to your position in team. Let me say that your anointing and your calling is connected to your position in this team or the team if you're not part of this church. Position yourself with someone who is anointed. Learn from them. Be teachable. Don't hide your passion. Now, this is, I just want to declare this. The Lord actually said he wants to raise up a generation that is wild for him. And so right now, just receive, Father, we just ask that you would raise up wild ones, wild ones who will run to the battle, wild ones who know they are sons and daughters of the living God. Anoint these people, Lord, with fire, with fire, with your glory, that Jesus, they would be just so unstoppable because of their passion, that it is not about their name. They are not to be influencers in the sense of look at me, but influencers in the sense of follow me as I follow 
follow Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that they're going to influence a generation for Jesus. Oh, bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Set them on fire. The Holy Spirit is calling you to wildness. Don't dumb that down. Don't calm down. Don't let people crush that. You be the wild ones he's called you to be in the name of Jesus. So I commission you to run. I commission all of us right now. If everyone could stand, we're just going to end. Thank you, Jesus, for the generations. Thank you, Jesus, for the church that you are building. It's a church for all generations where we link arm in arm and we run into the battle together, where we are victorious together. Jesus, thank you for that church. Thank you that we get to be this church and we commit today to honour one another, to love one another, to champion one another and to let Holy Spirit just be so burning in our midst that we would be unstoppable, an unstoppable force for the King and the Kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.